Welcome to my IELTS classroom, the podcast where two English experts talk all things IELTS. I'm Shelley Cornick. And I'm Nick Long. And today we're going to discuss understanding vocabulary from context. What are top-down and bottom-up reading skills? What are some techniques you can use to understand vocabulary from context? And how good is your understanding of prefixes? Good evening, Nick. Good evening. How are you? I'm all right. It's been a cooler day today. The heat's disappeared for a little while. Has it? Taken Charlie for a nice long walk. It's, yeah, it's pretty relaxed here. I have to say, ladies and gentlemen, that if you could see Mr. Nick Lone today, he's <laughs> looking rather good. I feel like all of those walks with Charlie have definitely uh, given you a healthy sheen over the last few well, weeks. Well, I mean, I've been in the sun every day, so I've got a little bit of a tan going on. That helps. Um, and yeah, I've been doing what just over four miles a day on average every day for the last three weeks. That's good. So I'm feeling pretty good, actually. You look good, Nick. Thank you. You look good. <laughs> One of my favourite ever um, pieces of graffiti I once saw in a toilet was... Mm tanned fat is muscle so as soon as the sun comes out i'm always outside to try and get the best tan that i can (laughs) to look a bit more muscular Um, so we are not a weight loss um podcast we are an ielts podcast and today i want to do something a little bit different so if you have been a regular listener um you will know that i don't know over the last few months nick and i have recorded five or six maybe more um episodes about particular types of reading questions Mm -hmm. Um, so we've definitely got a couple of podcasts for headings match, yep. um, multiple choice. We've done uh, sentence endings. Essentially, what we've done is make episodes which reflect what you are asked to do in the exam. So that is, you know, we've taken a particular question and we've discussed what that question is testing mm-hmm. and the techniques we think are best to answer that question. That's because in the IELTS exam, the type of questions you're given in the reading test are what we call top-down questions. So that simply means that you're given questions which essentially test your understanding of the main ideas in the reading Mm -hmm. or the meaning of a specific sentence. If you were taking the TOEFL exam which maybe some of you have done in the past, in their reading test, they have similar questions. So they also might have a true, false, not given question, Mm -hmm. or they might have a multiple choice question. But they also include what are called bottom up questions. So those would be questions that would say, for example, they'll highlight one word in the text and they will say, what does this one specific word mean? Mm -hmm. So it's not understanding the whole sentence, it's just one word. Um, The other bottom-up skill that they test is referencing. So, you know, they'll have a text and they'll highlight some kind of referencing word like it or this or these or Mm -hmm. that. And then they'll ask you, what does this word refer back to? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, in a way, TOEFL is isolating bottom-up skills in its exam. Although IELTS don't do that, they actually do test these things, right? Because some of the questions in the reading exams require you to follow referencing from the Mm -hmm. start of a paragraph to the end of a paragraph to be able to answer it. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure, Nick, as you and I know, like, there are other questions where the whole question centers on your understanding of one particular word. And if you don't know the meaning of that word, you're not going to be able to choose the right answer. Mm -hmm. That's right, yeah. 
So I think as IELTS teachers, because um, IELTS doesn't specifically target mm -hmm. bottom-up skills, mm -hmm. it's easy for us to ignore the importance of students being able to follow referencing mm -hmm. or to be able to work out the meaning of new words from context. Because to be honest, I don't think any IELTS students, apart from a native speaker, will really be able to go into the reading exam and understand every single word. Mm. Even I struggle sometimes with the academic <laughs> module. Yeah. <laughs> General's all right, but some of the academic ones, I have to quickly go and look in the dictionary what a particular word means. <laughs> so what I thought we'd do today then is we'd have a look at one of these bottom-up skills, which is understanding vocabulary from context. Mm -hmm. So that simply means if you're reading and you come across a word you don't know, are there some tools you could use to accurately guess the general meaning of the word? You may not be able to guess the absolute specific meaning, but could you guess enough so that you're able to answer the question? Mm -hmm. Now, I'll be honest, Nick, um, when I was having Russian lessons, hmm. um, poor Nadia, my teacher, uh, we would read a text and there would be a word that I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. And I would ask her, what does it mean? Mm -hmm. And she would ask me to guess. <laughs> I hated that because I had no idea. Mm. So have you, you're a much better learner than I am. When you were learning <laughs> Russian, did you find you were able to sometimes guess the meaning of a word? From yeah, context? I had a teacher called Natalia who did exactly the same thing with me. Really? Yeah, about 10 years ago in Petra's Awards. And yeah, she, because we moved pretty quickly through some stuff and I was up to like B1, B2. And yeah. she was doing that regularly. I was reading a text. I would understand like 90% of it. And then she would just yeah. say, what does that mean from context? And sometimes I would be able to guess. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, you know, obviously the difference between a good reader or a good language learner like Nick and a bad one like <laughs> me is that what you don't want to do is let unknown lexical items so words you don't know stop you from understanding the sentence as a whole mm -hmm. but also take up too much of your time right that's one of the problems in reading we don't have a lot of time and if mm -hmm. you're getting stuck on single words again and again and again which actually probably may not be important yeah, or help you answer true. a question mm -hmm. that's where students struggle with time mm -hmm. so let's have a look then so the good thing is you know, once I started to look at these bottom-up approaches in IELTS, I did realise that they do actually give you clues mm -hmm. in if you if there is an unusual word, mm. as horrible as IELTS is, they do actually try to give you some clues to help you understand the meaning. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a few things they do. So the first one, maybe is the most obvious, is they will use a synonym. Now, I'm not talking about a synonym. You know, obviously IELTS uses a lot of synonyms between the questions and the passage, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, they'll be using the words with the same meaning in both and you have to recognise that. Mm -hmm. What I'm talking about is they'll use a synonym of an unknown word or a very difficult word mm. in the same sentence so that you'll be able to oh, think, oh, okay, this word has got the same meaning as this word yeah so for example if we look at this sentence nick could you could you read this sentence out for us please mm -hmm. the first state to institute compulsory education was massachusetts which made it mandatory for students to attend school 12 weeks a year fantastic mm -hmm. so in that sentence i would say the most difficult word in that sentence is mandatory is mandatory mm -hmm. right so that's a word that 
maybe some of our students won't know. Mm -hmm. However, there is another word in that sentence with the same meaning. Mm -hmm. Compulsory. Compulsory. Mm -hmm. So if you're really reading for meaning and thinking about what you're reading, Mm -hmm. if it says the first state to institute compulsory education was Massachusetts, which made it mandatory for students to attend school 12 weeks a year, you should understand, okay, they were the first people to make compulsory education and if it's mandatory that should have the same meaning yep Mm -hmm. IELTS does this a lot so the Mm. first thing I would say is if there's a word you don't know are there other words in the sentence that you do know which maybe have the same meaning and you can draw the meaning from that what do you think Nick is the opposite of the synonym technique the antonym technique the antonym technique or the contrast technique. Mm -hmm. And this is the one that IELTS uses a lot. So in a sentence, you may have a word you know, Mm -hmm. for example, I don't know, rich. Mm -hmm. And there may be a word that you don't know. uh, What would be a word? Penniless, maybe. Penniless, Mm -hmm. right? But if you say, you know, some people were very rich, but others were penniless, Mm -hmm. that but should indicate to you that there is some kind of contrast happening. It's the opposite, basically. It's the opposite. So mm-hmm. if you know that rich is rich, you're going to guess that penniless must mean poor. Mm-hmm. So here's a more difficult example of this technique. Why don't you have a read of this one, Nick? In the 1820s, the southern states supported improvements in the national transportation system, but the northern states bulked. Well, do we even need to say what's the most difficult word there? <laughs> bulked, bulked. Which is a really difficult word. Yep. Right? But... This is a great sentence because not only do we have the but that mm-hmm. shows there's contrast, mm-hmm. we've also got the clear contrast. Northern and Southern. Between the Northern and Southern. So mm-hmm. it says if the Southern states supported improvements, yep. but the Northern states bulked, what generally could we guess that bulked means? Oh, it didn't support the improvements. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and although if you Google bulked, it will say, hesitate or be unwilling to accept an idea or undertaking Mm -hmm. so it's more detailed than just didn't support Mm -hmm. to i am sure to answer a question you would just need to understand the northern states did not support Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so you know if you had a question like uh, all of the states in america supported the national transportation system you should be able to guess that's false yes Mm -hmm. good all right cool so look for synonyms inside the same sentence or in the same area look for antonyms opposite words that could help lead you to a general idea Mm -hmm. um, of the sentence the other thing they do and nick since i've seen this i've noticed it in countless passages is if they use a really technical word Mm -hmm. or a very difficult word they will often give an example Mm -hmm. or an illustration to help you understand what that word means right So let's have a look at this sentence. Mm -hmm. Um, Many gardeners use some kind of mulch, such as chopped leaves, peat moss, grass clippings, pine needles or wood chips, in order to stop the growth of weeds and to hold in water. So there's a lot of technical gardening language, (laughs) but I guess (laughs) the most difficult word there is mulch. Mulch. Uh What a great word, right? Mm -hmm. But it says many gardeners use some kind of mulch, such as Mm -hmm. chopped leaves, peat moss, grass clippings, pine needles or wood chips. Mm -hmm. There's still difficult words there, but but there is a list of things. And I'm sure most of us know what leaves are. And grass. And maybe moss as well. 
maybe moss, definitely mm-hmm. wood chips. Mm-hmm. So based on that, mm-hmm. what do you think mulch is? It's just like <laughs> discarded greenery and stuff, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Chopped up green stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> that they put mm-hmm. on the garden to stop the growth of weeds. The key to this is if you've got a difficult word and it's immediately followed by such as, mm-hmm. or, you know, what are other signals, Nick, of um, that an example? For is instance, coming? for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like. Like, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Anything like that. Sometimes in IELTS, what they'll do is they'll just put a dash and then they'll put a definition yeah. and then a second dash. Mm-hmm. Those dashes are almost always definitions. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a really difficult word, keep reading. You may find that there is an example that's going to help you understand the meaning. And they do do this, but you know, when they're using very technical topics, mm-hmm. you know, if it's something about archaeology or biology something like that they Mm -hmm. do use this technique just to help support you Mm -hmm. in your understanding um so we've got synonyms we've got antonyms we've got examples the fourth technique which i want to encourage people to use is it could just be said your brain all right (laughs) because i think basically you know Students who read well are reading for meaning. We talk about this all the time. That's the sort of central key component of our read once, read well mm-hmm. method, right? Mm-hmm. Words are not written in isolation. They're put together to make meaningful sentences. So if you're reading along and you understand the meaning of a sentence, you could probably use the general context mm-hmm. of that sentence to understand a difficult word. So I've, there's a great example of this one here, Nick. Read this sentence for us here. And listeners, what do you think is the difficult word here? In a desert, vegetation is so scanty that it is incapable of supporting any large human population. So clearly the difficult word there is... Scanty. <laughs> exactly, scanty. So... Let's think about this. Where are we? It says in a desert. Mm-hmm. Vegetation is so beep. We don't know that word. It's mm-hmm. incapable of supporting any large human population. Mm-hmm. If we are in a desert, Nick, how much vegetation is there? Probably not very much at all. Probably not very much at all. So what do we think scanty means? Um, very little. Very little. Mm-hmm. Now, we are basically, in a, you know, these are not... Uh, accurate descriptions, right? Again, if we look at the word scanty in the dictionary, it says small or insufficient in quantity or amount. Mm. But just from the general context, we should know if you're in a desert, Mm -hmm. the vegetation is just not much, is it? So Mm -hmm. that's what scanty should mean. So I would really encourage you, you know, if you come across a word you don't know, keep reading through the sentence and start sort of like, you know, logically thinking what word would logically fit. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing to practice. You mm. know, I think one of the problems today, Nick, now that we've got, you know, our phones, which we can use as dictionaries. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you're reading on an e-reader, difficult words are even highlighted, aren't they? So you can yeah. click on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think students go too quickly to the dictionary mm. for the definition of new words rather than sitting with the uncertainty. Yeah. And trying to logically figure work it out. out the meaning. And if do you, you think- do that, I think, no, I think you're right. And I think if you do that, you're yeah. much more likely to remember the word. That's what I've always said to my students. Because mm-hmm. if you sit, if you, if you sit and stare at the word scanty for like 60 seconds or you read it three or four times, mm-hmm. 
when you do understand its meaning, you're going to remember it much more quickly than if you just said, oh, scanty, what's that? Mm -hmm. Boom. Mm -hmm. That's basically erasing it from your memory, isn't it? Yeah. Also, as much as I love our students and I believe that they are honest, lovely people, of course they are, students often cheat themselves, right? So I know what it's like. You're doing a reading test. There's a word you don't understand. It's very easy just to quickly look that word up, just to double check you're sure of the meaning. <laughs> That's fine. But when you can't, if you're doing that in practice, though, and you can't do it in the exam, I think it can really upset. Yes, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't personally do anything that you can't do in the exam when I was practicing. I agree. I think you should practice as in you're practice. in the exam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because otherwise you start developing bad habits mm -hmm. um, and it's a problem. So... The first four of our techniques of learning vocabulary in context are kind of, um, I guess... Sort of general rules, I guess, yeah? Yeah, general rules to understand the meaning of the missing word. There are other ways that you can do this. These are a bit more technical. Mm -hmm. So one is using morphology. So, you know, English words are comprised of the same bits right mm -hmm. we have a lot of prefixes that we put at the start of words yep. that have meanings we have a lot of suffixes at the end of the words mm -hmm. um which can indicate the type of word it is so mm -hmm. for example if you've got a word that ends in ness mm -hmm. what type of word would that be Nick? it's a noun it's a noun right so other ness suffixes are um meant or ism or shun um what about if you had able or ible at the end of the word what type of word would that be then that would be an adjective it would be an adjective wouldn't mm -hmm. it like gradable mm -hmm. um available full, available yeah full grateful mm -hmm. those are adjective suffixes some students find it really useful to learn these suffixes because mm -hmm. it at least will tell them the type of word yeah. that they're looking at. I mm -hmm. might even put a little um, picture on the blog post that goes with this today. It's just some basic noun and adjective suffixes. We've also got ly, which is often an adverb, mm -hmm. happily. This is much more difficult, but sometimes these clues can help us mm -hmm. work out a word the most difficult way but it's going to depend on your first language i guess mm -hmm. the other way is to use the etymology mm -hmm. because some, for some students they understand okay this word is a latin word yeah mm -hmm. right and i speak a latin language and therefore i can recognize the root meaning yes of these words mm -hmm. now that ladies and gentlemen is not a technique for me because i only really speak english but <laughs> if you're lucky enough to have a first language which is highly connected to english so if you speak german or french or dutch dutch mm -hmm. yeah italian because it's connected to latin you may recognize patterns in english which you also have in your native language mm -hmm. that could help you work out the meaning yeah i'm not suggesting anybody goes and learns another language to help them <laughs> learn english but these are ways that you can mm -hmm. use the actual pieces of the words themselves right the actual sort of like content of the words to work out meaning i would say of all of these mm. the one thing you probably should learn mm -hmm. are the meaning of the basic prefixes mm -hmm. in english right so nick can you um read this sentence for us a tiger standing in tall grass is almost invisible because of its striped markings right so I don't think, actually, for many of our listeners, there are any difficult words, here, <laughs> right? But the one I'm highlighting is the word invisible. Mm -hmm. Because obviously we have the word visible, mm -hmm. which means to be seen. But by adding I-N at the start, mm -hmm. it now means invisible or not 
visible. Mm-hmm. So I guess the not prefix is the one that we learn first in English because yeah. it's the most common. Mm-hmm. Annoyingly, though, we don't just have one mm-hmm. not prefix. So, for example, you know, we've got visible, invisible. Mm-hmm. If I say happy, you're not in happy, are you? What no. would the negative for in happy be? be? Unhappy. It'll be unhappy. So sometimes we use in, sometimes we use un. What about if we spoke about something that is legal? Mm-hmm. What is not legal? Illegal. Right. So there will be an I-L at mm-hmm. the beginning. In fact, those I-L words are almost always for... Um, words that begin with L. Begin with L, yes. Mm-hmm. Like legible, illegible, Logical, legal. illogical. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. What about responsible? What would be the negative not word prefix there? Irresponsible. So which is kind of unusual. So now it's not I-L, but it's I-R. Mm-hmm. And what about Honest dishonest dishonest Mm -hmm. so i think that is our list of all of the negative prefixes right Mm -hmm. in un ill ear and dis they're the most common by far i think aren't they oh absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely and you know they're the ones that even native speakers get wrong actually because a lot of people would say unhonest instead Mm -hmm. of dishonest Mm -hmm. um so you do need to be a little bit careful but there are other prefixes which are more academic and which do get used a lot in the exam. Mm-hmm. So let's go through these prefixes, Nick, and we'll talk together about mm-hmm. what they mean. Okay. So the first prefix is anti, mm-hmm. A-N-T-I. Mm-hmm. If you've got anti, what would that mean if you're anti something? If you're anti something, then you would be against something, not for it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Post? Post is something that happens after something else. Yes. So, like, if you're a postgraduate, it means you've already graduated from university. And exactly. you're, you're studying further education, like a master's or a PhD. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Non? Non um, is, like, kind of, like, negative, isn't it? It's, like, not. It's, I think it is, like, not. I think, I think the way to remember non, I think it just means, like, without. Mm. So if something is non-stop, mm, okay, it yeah. means without stops. Yeah, or non-binding it's... means not binding. <laughs> yeah, without without, without binding. binding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit mm-hmm. tricky that one. Mm-hmm. Um, now the good thing is, is a lot of these prefixes have got opposite. So they you know, do. Mm-hmm. We've got pro. What mm-hmm. is the opposite of pro? So pro, the opposite is anti. So if you're anti-war, you're against war. If you're pro-war, yeah. you're for the war. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess what would be the opposite of post? If post is after. Post, the opposite of post would be pre. It would be. Now, we don't say pre-graduate. No. Post is after. So you could say post-war, meaning after the war. Mm-hmm. You could also use pre-war, meaning. Before the war. Before the war. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, the other pair, What what's the meaning of over and under? So over and under would be. Uh, over would typically be too much mm-hmm. and under would be not enough. Exactly. So if we if you say I overcooked this steak, then, yes. then it's burned, it's too cooked. <laughs> and if I undercooked it, then my brother would like it, but I would find it disgusting. Too much blood. Too much blood. Mm-hmm. I'd like it. Good. <laughs> All right. And so the last one we've got, which is kind of obvious, is self, mm-hmm. right? Which means connected to you, mm-hmm. I guess. So if we're talking about confidence, you can have... Self-confidence. Confidence Confidence in yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now, these are not all of the prefixes. There are many more. But I'm just introducing you to the idea that sometimes to understand a word, you can actually look at the way the word is constructed itself Mm -hmm. 
to try and guess the meaning. So why don't we try and just play a little game with these prefixes, right? Okay. So we've got anti-post, non-pro, over, self, pre, under. Mm-hmm. If you can remember all of those, well done. <laughs> um, Nick, I'm going to read the sentence. Okay. And you're going to tell me what is the missing prefix. Okay. okay? So we're going to have an adjective, but you need to add the prefix. Mm-hmm. So the first one is... And obviously, play along at home, okay? Mm -hmm. Many people believe that football players are beep paid. So this is going to be uh, over or under. Yes. And I guess that depends on your point of view, you might say. (laughs) Oh, Nicholas. (laughs) Many people. (laughs) Many people believe that footballers are overpaid, of course. Yes, Mm -hmm. I think overpaid. Good. Mm -hmm. Okay. The train went beep stop from London to Edinburgh. So this one means, I guess, without stopping. Yeah. So the train went non-stop. And that's quite commonly used, actually, in English, isn't it? Non-stop, yeah. non-stop, non-stop. Non-stop is a mm-hmm. great collocation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, good. All right. Women's roles changed a lot. Beep war. So we're going to be talking again about before or after the war. Mm-hmm. And the answer, of course, is going to be post-war. Yes, because mm-hmm. during the war, they'd had to cover lots of jobs that were done by men. Mm-hmm. They even had a professional football league. Did they? Yeah. They got then shut down by the FA, but was actually really good and everybody really enjoyed it. Because because uh, the men's game got cancelled completely, didn't it, for the war? It completely cancelled. And then the men came home and said, here, ladies, <laughs> give us back the football. <laughs> um, all right. Everything had been beep arranged by the event organisers. So I'm going to guess this one was pre-arranged before the event happened. Arranged in advance, Mm -hmm. pre-arranged, brilliant. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh no, the poor dog. The dog was thin and clearly beep fed. Fed. Uh, Underfed. Yes. Not fed enough. Not fed enough, yeah. Mm -hmm. That is not, that's not Charlie's problem, is it, Nick? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Nobody wants to be arrogant, but it is important to be beep confident. Well, this one, of course, is going to be self-confident. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good. Almost nobody is beep smoking today. I'm going to guess uh, pro-smoking here. Almost nobody is pro-smoking today. I agree. I, mean, I think almost everybody agrees smoking is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And then the the last one, there have been a lot of beep government articles in the press recently. Well, I guess you could have anti or pro here. Both would fit. Both definitely. would fit. But there have been a lot of anti-government articles in the press recently because we already, already used pro, I think, didn't we? We use pro for pro smoking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's anti-government articles. But as mm-hmm. you said, I mean, either could be correct. Mm-hmm. So why are we doing this again? If you learn the meaning, the general meaning of these prefixes, mm-hmm. if they are used in the word that you're not sure of, that's going to help you understand the meaning. If you want to go the next level down, start looking at suffixes, noun suffixes, ness, meant, or, ism, e, adjective suffixes, abul, ent, full. Again, even knowing this is an adjective or this is a noun can sometimes help you work out the meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I thought we'd do to end then, Nick, is we've got this um, very short text. It's actually from a TOEFL book because it's in TOEFL where they test your understanding of specific words. Mm-hmm. What we may do is 
I'm going to ask Nick to read the whole thing. We're not going to tell you what the difficult words are, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I want you, as you're listening, to just hear words and think, What are there any words that you didn't understand? Then Nick will go through the words which TOEFL test, but we may also discuss some of the other words which are also difficult. Mm-hmm. And I want you to just think, how are you guessing the meaning? Can you guess the meaning because there's a synonym close to this word? Is there an antonym, an opposite? Can you guess from the general context? Can you guess because there's a prefix? Mm-hmm. Try and Let's try and use all of these skills, if we can, to try and understand all of the words. So, um, everyday life in the British colonies of North America may seem glamorous, especially as reflected in antique shops, But judged by today's standards, it was quite a drab and harsh existence. For most people, the labour was hard and constant from morning to dusk. Rudimentary comforts, now taken for granted, were lacking. Public buildings were often not heated at all. Drafty homes were heated only by inefficient fireplaces. There was no running water or indoor plumbing. The faint light of candles and whale oil lamps provided inadequate illumination. There was no sanitation service to dispose of refuse. Instead, it was consumed by long-snouted hogs that were allowed to roam the streets freely. I had no idea that the rubbish was eaten by wild hogs. God bless the long-snouted hogs. Mm -hmm. The poor hogs. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, Fantastic. So we'll, we'll go through mm-hmm. the words which are highlighted um, right. by TOEFL, mm-hmm. but then we'll also have a look at some other words which I think could be quite difficult to begin with. So the first word which is highlighted mm-hmm. is the word drab. Let's read the beginning bit again. Mm-hmm. Everyday life in the British colonies of North America may seem glamorous, especially as reflected in antique shops, but judged by today's standards, it was quite a drab and harsh existence Mm -hmm. so if we're trying to understand the word drab which is very difficult yep what of the techniques might we be able to use i think we can use contrast here yes Mm -hmm. why nick because we've got something positive in the first sentence we've got the word glamorous yes which is quite i would say fairly understandable it's quite a high level word but i think most people would understand glamour Mm -hmm. is a word i think people understand Mm -hmm. yeah i agree and then we've got but judged by today's standards it was drab it was drab so it's the opposite basically it's the opposite and i also think you can use here not only the opposite Mm. but then next to drab we've got the word harsh quite mm-hmm. a drab and harsh experience mm-hmm. so if you only know one of those words drab or harsh mm-hmm. you're going to understand it's basically not very good isn't it <laughs> yes. right so you know we're looking at the word drab drab really means kind of like boring and without mm-hmm. fun i guess yeah but as long as you understand it's the opposite of glamorous and it's similar to harsh you kind of don't need to worry too much about the specific meaning yeah mm-hmm. okay The next word which is highlighted is dusk, Mm -hmm. and it says, for most people, the labour was hard and constant from morning to dusk. Mm -hmm. So how could we work out what dusk means? Well, that's clear because it's what comes at the end of the day, isn't it? From morning to dusk. So from basic general context, we understand if it's from morning to dusk, dusk must mean evening, right? Right. It doesn't matter that dusk really means as the sun is going down. That's Mm -hmm. not really important. You just know it's the evening. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, the next word 
they want us to understand is rudimentary. Mm-hmm. Okay, So rudimentary comforts now taken for granted were lacking. Mm. Public buildings were not heated. Drafty rooms were heated only by inefficient fireplaces. There was no running water or indoor plumbing. Mm-hmm. I think this is a word that you could probably work out from context. I think it is as this well. As so well. we know it's a type of com- com- comfort. Mm-hmm. And this, this is, is this is the topic sentence as well. Yes. So everything that's coming after this is is explaining basically what rudimentary means. Yeah. Exactly. So heating, indoor plumbing, mm-hmm. running water, all of those things are your sort of basic comforts, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what rudimentary means. Basic. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about sort of like fine wine, fancy clothes, you know, they they weren't lucky. We're talking about no one's got any heat, people are cold and there's no water. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next word is faint. Mm. The faint light of candles and whale oil lamps provided inadequate illumination. Mm-hmm. Again, it's context, isn't it? I would say this one, It's a, there's a synonym, basically. Almost kind of a synonym in the sentence. Good. Yeah. You're completely right. Because we've got yes. inadequate, not enough. Faint is not, it doesn't mean not enough, but it means not strong, doesn't it? Yes. Well, the faint light of mm-hmm. candles provided inadequate mm-hmm. illumination. Yeah. Inadequate illumination is the same as faint light, mm-hmm. right? So I think you can definitely use that. Well done, Nick. I also think, you know, using your logic, how bright is a candle? Mm-hmm. Not very. Not very. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially. Now, again, the next one, there was no sanitation service to dispose of refuse. Mm -hmm. So they want to know the word refuse. Instead, it was consumed by the hogs that roamed (laughs) the street freely. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know what refuse is, Mm -hmm. how are you going to be able to work it out from this sentence? Well, again, we've got a little bit of a synonym here with sanitation service, but I do think that's quite difficult. It is difficult. Mm. Well, you you know it's something that's consumed. Mm -hmm. So it's going to have to be some kind of something that's edible. Mm -hmm. But I do think that one could be quite difficult because it would be difficult to really imagine that pigs (laughs) are eating rubbish, which is what refuse means. So, Mm -hmm. So that's probably the first one where, you know, Nick may get that from context, Mm -hmm. good reader, old idiot over here bad reader would maybe a little bit confused Mm. okay so that one is a little bit more difficult Mm -hmm. um there's another word there which you're asked to understand it was consumed by long-snouted hogs that were allowed to roam the streets freely yeah tricky one this one i think this is another context one it is another context one isn't it because we've got we've got were allowed so pigs were allowed to do something on the street freely yeah so roam you would probably guess means walk around, wander around, which it does, yeah, really, does Which it, it does. Mm-hmm. I mean, in TOEFL, you're given multiple choice options. So mm-hmm. one of those would have been walk. But if it said something like eat, you could maybe guess. You, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eat. So I, I think it's a bit trickier in TOEFL because they can give words which are look very plausible that yeah. are not the answers. But I do think here you could guess, you know, freely does sound like there's some movement, doesn't there? It so does. And, it, freely. and it, I mean, if, if it's a replacement for the word eat, we're allowed to eat the streets freely. It doesn't quite fit in context. No. Yeah, eat. you can't eat the streets, can you? <laughs> as much as I would like to. Sometimes. And referencing, yeah. referencing again, 
because it's not talking about eating the streets. It says it was consumed. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the refuse, not mm-hmm. the streets. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, so, you know, inside of this, again, we also had some prefixes, didn't we? You know, mm-hmm. you might know the word adequate is enough. Here we've got inadequate, inadequate. meaning mm-hmm. not enough. Um, Efficient, inefficient. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, drafty, I think, is a difficult word. They mm-hmm. didn't test that. It says drafty homes were heated only by inefficient fireplaces. Well, if they're only heated, if they're drafty, what do you think would logically students would think drafty means? Not warm enough. Not warm, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that is kind of true. Drafty does mean cold, but I mean, it's got a much more specific meaning, yeah. doesn't it, Nick? Mm-hmm. If I say the room is drafty, what is what does that mean? It's like there's a wind coming in somewhere, isn't it? Yes, like the windows don't fit properly. So mm-hmm. there's just some wind coming under from the floorboards mm-hmm. in. But it doesn't matter. That's the key thing. And that's another thing I want to make really clear. When we're reading in an exam, Mm. the precise meaning of the word is not always important, Mm -hmm. right? We're not looking for your dictionary definition (laughs) of the word. You just need to know drab is not glamorous, Mm -hmm. right? Dusk is something to do with evening, Mm -hmm. right? Drafty homes, it's cold. 99% of the time, that is going to be enough for you to be able to understand the sentence mm-hmm. and answer the top-down questions that we have in IELTS, which are more about the meaning of a whole sentence, yeah. not the meaning of a particular word. Mm-hmm. However, I do think, you know, this is something which, you know, reading around words and understanding vocabulary from context, mm-hmm. I think is something you should be doing in your everyday reading. So, yes, as IELTS test takers, we want to be completing the test and, you know, doing test practice. But you should also be reading newspapers, novels. And that's really, I think, where you can really practice this skill because you're Mm -hmm. you're focusing on those in those type of texts on the meaning, aren't you? Um, And that's where it's a good it's really good to practice this, because I do think students who tell me they're stuck for time, Mm -hmm. I think often spend too much time trying to solve or think about words too precisely and maybe words which are just not needed to answer a question Mm. so if nothing else if you're practicing vocabulary in context half of the skill is learning when a word's not important in a sentence and when it is important i think that's true nick yeah 100 percent true Mm -hmm. yeah yeah good so we'll have a blog post for this um maybe in the future we'll look at referencing that's another bottom up skill Mm -hmm. um which Again, as I said, IELTS definitely tests, but not explicitly, but it's there because a lot of the true, false, not given questions rely on referencing. They do. Um, as do the multiple choice questions. But I just thought today we just take a different angle, right? Let's have a look at some of the deeper skills which underlie the reading rather than just the question type. So if you enjoyed this and you'd like the referencing, email us at hello at myieltsclassroom.com to let us know. Um, and next week... I hope we will finally have the speaking lesson, which I've been talking about for six weeks now. (laughs) (laughs) But every week something happens and and I can't ever get around to it, but it's going to happen next week. So if you're interested in hearing a native speaker do a speaking test, come back next week. Until then, have a lovely week. Go and find us on Facebook or uh, find us at www.myartsclassroom.com and we'll be back then. Bye-bye. Bye. My IELTS Classroom podcast is a production of My IELTS Classroom Limited. 
Nick and I do not represent IELTS and everything you heard in this episode is our own personal opinion. You can find the show notes and transcript for this episode on our blog. That's blog.myieltsclassroom.com. And if you're looking for our video courses, speaking lessons and marking service, you can find that at www.myieltsclassroom.com. If you have a question or query or just want to chat, you can email Nick and I at hello at myieltsclassroom.com. Our theme music is by Heartbeat and our artwork is produced by David Brown. Have a great week, study hard and remember, this is my IELTS classroom. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.